Praise God. It's good to be in His house today. And I apologize for not being here last night. I was uh, collecting our family from the snowy country of the north. And they were late getting in. And I've been wrestling with a cold. And uh, But I'm glad to be here in the house of the Lord today. I'm not glad to be in this position, but I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Brother Bass, for your confidence. I think it's just because we've been friends for so long. <laughs> I do value long-term friendship. And uh, my security is surrounding myself with men that I feel like will help balance me even though uh, I may not think they're right at the time. I'll just throw this statement out. David made room for men in his life. And he survived. Saul didn't make room for men in his life. And he finally died alone. And whatever we are is what the preaching of the Word of the Lord has made us. And these brethren have helped me make my church what it is today, so I owe them a favor today. I am glad to have all of my family with me except my four grandbabies. And uh, I'm a rich man today. I may not have a lot of money in the bank, but every one of my kids is at church. And working for the Lord, and that means everything to me. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, we'll turn to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Ephesians 5. Brother Bass, if you would just hold these in case I need them. Just in case. Ephesians 5. Beginning to read at the 15th verse down to the end of the 21st verse. See then that ye walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Hmm. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, let's say psalms, psalms. and hymns, let's say hymns, hymns. and let's say spiritual songs. spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. May the Lord add His blessing to this portion of His Word. Let's ask God to touch us today. Lord Jesus, we love You. And we appreciate You. And we do want to hear from You today, God. Lord Jesus, if you'll just touch these unworthy lips of clay for a few moments, we'll give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Shut in with God in a secret place. There in the Spirit be Beholding his face 
And then another one, Brother Bash, you've got a little pulpit for little boys to preach over. Praise God. Forgive me. Forgive me, brother. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. I want you to note that in both of these verses of Scripture, it deals with three things. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I like psalms, and I like hymns, but I like spiritual songs. Spiritual songs are singing that he gets involved in. And uh, this little thought today was born, I'll tell you how it was born, so maybe you'll understand where I'm headed a little bit later on. But I had a neighbor come by to collect money to go back to the foreign country, young man. We stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning, and we were dealing with the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, I have become a little disenchanted with the fact that men can make prophecies that don't come to pass. And uh, I have a little trouble with that. So, in search for the real, sometimes you run into other things you didn't plan on running into. I asked him the question, how come that can happen? And he said, well, he quoted a verse of Scripture, I stood out of my chair. He said, the Bible says we see through a glass darkly. And one of these days we're going to see face to face. And I said, are you really telling me that... This is a cover-up for the mistakes that really doesn't come to pass. And so, I guess that was the answer for it. But I had to have my own answer. So there's a place that I can come to that I can live in a spiritual realm where I come through the may I say, the labors or the work of serving God, to the place where I can get into a spirit where He does operate. And the more, the more Holy Ghost and move of God I can have in my church, the less rules and regulations I have to have. Now, I want that to say, I'm going to take my time. Now, you told me I could be like Sunday morning, okay, Brother Paget? Amen. And so, there is a place beyond just singing, having hymns, singing songs. There is spiritual songs. Now, let me stop to tell you this, that the sovereignty of God always operates in the third dimension. There is four days of law and three days of grace which makes seven days. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years. There is a like-as philosophy in the Bible. Like-as we were buried with Him in baptism. We actually wasn't buried with Him three days, but like-as. You owe everything to God. Is that not right? How come you're only paying 10%? When you pay that 10%, He recognizes that as if you paid it all. And I, I haven't got time to get into that to prove that factor today. Praise God. 
But uh, there is a like-as philosophy, as a day is with the Lord as, as a thousand years. And the thousand years as a day, now it took four thousand years in the law, and it didn't do the job. We've had two thousand years in grace, and far more has been accomplished in the two thousand years than in the four thousand years of law. Somehow, I want to get beyond just the mechanics of Pentecost in my church and get to a realm where the third dimension of grace is the day of rest. Am I losing anybody here today? No, I'm just trying to start some... All right. So if that is the case and there's been... 6,000 years and now 2,000 years has turned over, we could be in the time that the Lord is going to come again. This could be the day of rest. <laughs> I know I'm opening a few things here today, but I want to set some direction here. So the sovereignty of God always operates in the third dimension. It's death, it's burial, and his resurrection. The Jews can kill him. Joseph of Arimathea can bury him. But it takes God to raise him from the dead. I guess that's why I have a problem with accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because repentance is my part. Baptism is the preacher's part. And the Holy Ghost is God's part. Hmm. You have a drink of water, brother. I'm going to tell you, it's not whether I accept Him. It's whether He accepts me. Thank you, brother. So well, I accept the Lord as my personal Savior, and I'm sorry, that's not even in the Bible, but if you have, it's not you accepting Him. It's whether He puts His approval on you or not. The sovereignty of God is always in the third dimension. It's beyond the acts of flesh. It's beyond the acts of what I can do in my efforts. There's a place where the battle is no longer mine, but it's the Lord's. Getting back to that day of rest, and I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm headed somewhere today, so if you'll bear with me. But uh, the Bible says that, that said, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And if I, just, if I can help you today, just from my little bit of experience... I am telling you, there are too many struggles in the apostolic church. There are too many efforts in the apostolic church. Somewhere there ought to be a place where we can turn it over to deity and say, this is your church. And I've got to let you fight this battle. You already opened the door for me, brother. Praise God. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And of the increase of his government. And you can't have an increase of his government without having some peace. We are trying sometimes to pull too much of God into our struggles and into our battles when really it's not His battle. And if it's not His battle, then we ought not to steal the ark like Hophni and Phinehas did and take it out to our battle. Because it was not God's battle. But I'm here to tell you something today. This battle that we are in is not mine. But it's the Lord's battle. And He is going to fight His battle. Hallelujah. Help me, Jesus.
So, God said, if I could have preached this in the night last night, it would have been better probably. He said in Hebrews 4 and 4, And God did rest the seventh day from all His works. And let us labor to enter into His rest. My battle is not the fighting I'm doing. My battle is a fight of faith. Now I want to say that again. It's His battle. It's not my battle. My battle is the fight of faith. When He comes, will He find faith on the earth? And I could open another can of worms. <laughs> because sometimes uh, faith is a substance of things hope for, the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtained a good report. And on down and down and down. Sometimes we look at faith as a Santa Claus thing. Well, what can I get from God? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And that's not what it is, he said, but they obtained a good report. And by faith they did this. And by faith they subdued kingdoms. <laughs> and without faith, it's impossible to get things from God. Oh, no. Oh, I see. To please Him. But you must believe that He is and that He, not things, is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. How many times I've come to an altar for things. And when I left, I still had the same circumstance. But I had Him when I left. If I can get Him. Abraham, Abraham, I'll tell you, I like you, Abraham. I like you, and so I'm going to be your shield, and I'm going to be your exceeding great reward. Now, if He's the exceeding great reward, anything besides that secondary. He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We may not be climbing the walls, but I'm just throwing something out here for your consideration today. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. How? <laughs> We're made in His image. It's body, soul, and spirit. That's where the sovereignty of God operates. Faith, hope, charity. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Salvation is repentance, baptism, and the Holy Ghost. If there be no resurrection, Paul said, your faith is vain, and you're yet in your sins. Calvary would have been of none effect had there not have been a resurrection. The sinless life of Jesus would have had none effect had there not been a resurrection. Jesus said, when they looked around and said, what authority do you do to come in here and cleanse this temple? He looked around and thought, well, I've opened blind eyes, I've raised the dead, what will I use today? Well, he... He looked at all of that and he, he couldn't find any answer in that. And he said, I'll, I'll go to the most powerful thing that I can go to. If you destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. I am telling you the sovereignty of God is in the third dimension in the resurrection. Amen. God manifested himself in three dimensions. It's uh, God as Father, God as Son, and God... In the image or the uh, the display of the Holy Ghost, praise God. Now, I want to come back to where I, I started just for a moment. God, excuse me, on the seventh day, 
he rested from all of his labors. Now, if I could for just a few moments, if you'll lend me just, and I think I can unload this in a hurry. But uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer today. And uh, if I cross your philosophy and do wrong, straighten me out after church. I am afraid too long. We have been trying to twist God's arm to get Him to do something for us. I don't believe, Brother Patch or Brother Bass, that there's any real bad church. We we talk about church like, well, my, did he ever come by today? He's everywhere present. And he's nowhere absent. He does move in time frames. Repent for the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. I believe that everything that God is going to do is already done. Now don't throw me out just for a moment. Everything that He's going to do is already done. He's not... We say, God, I want you to move. If He isn't moving, we're in big trouble. God is moving. We say, God, and we, we, I do not believe that we have to arm wrestle God to get Him to come down and touch us in a service. I believe He is available. To you and I. He is the Alpha. And He is the Omega. He is the beginning. And He left the beginning. And went the whole way over to the end. And He said, this is where it's all over with. Am I staying right here, Brother Paget? And in between, he's got it all fixed up. And everything that he's going to do for you is already done. I think if you could catch this today, he doesn't wake up in the morning shocked at the circumstance today. Then it comes clear back to the beginning. And it gets us failing humanity. And we struggle back and forth through time to try to get to the end. But He's already been there ahead of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. I want you to know today, oh Jesus, that I don't think that when I was nine years of age, God just suddenly woke up and said, there's a day to the tiller that needs the Holy Ghost. A way back before the foundation of the world. The foreknowledge of God knew that I was going to exist. I am not an afterthought with God. I have no competition. I don't have to worry about somebody taking my place. Because there's nobody quite like me. And so one of these days... He reached down when I didn't have any sense myself and said, I know you.
He said, those he did foreknow. Let's say foreknow. He did predestinate not to be saved or lost. He's only predestinating those that he did foreknow. And he's predestinating those that he foreknew to become like him. Like the sons of God. Now, if you're only interested in approval and removal, this thing about going to church can get some boresome. If you're not interested in God working on your character and developing you and taking you into dimensions that you've never been before, this thing, no wonder your worship is hollow. No wonder you have no zeal. No wonder you have no integrity. If you have nothing but just approval and removal. But I somehow want to get more like Him. So that when I leave this terra firma and I see Him with my own eyes, I don't want to be shocked, but I want to be as close to Him as I possibly can get. So, there's a place. I'm headed there in just a... So he said, he said, I'm predestined. I'm just, I'm just telling you today, God don't wake up shocked. When he wrote this book, he knew that would be at 2,000. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, he said... There is a, there's a, there's a, there's a place. Now, then the Bible talks about the outer court and the inner court and the holies of holies. Now, I shouldn't say this, but too many people are just getting a little ta ta ta, and they're not really getting into the inner court. I'm sure you find this in Brazil as well as you do anywhere else, brother. I'm afraid that's why they can be in church so long. And when the enthusiasm's gone, they don't understand that there's a dimension out here that you can get into. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And that dimension, John, let me see. John 5 and 19. Brother Bass, could you get that for me? John 5 and 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of Himself. The Son can do nothing of Himself. Let me just state this, that I do believe Jesus is our perfect example mm-hmm. in the flesh. Yeah, yeah. Amen. So Jesus said he could do nothing of himself. I want to tell you something. You can't do nothing but of your of yourself. Right. All right. But what he seeth the Father do. But what he seeth, let's say seeth, the Father do. Now, this is a scripture that I quoted to this guy that told me that you can prophesy somebody's going to live and then they die. And you look through a glass darkly. I said, if I can get, get to the dimension that God is, and I can see how He saw, yeah. mm-hmm. then He would only do what He seen that the Father had already done. I am telling you, the work is already accomplished in heaven. Yeah, yeah. God's not going to move anymore. Hear it? He's already moved. Yeah. I told our church, 
It's like a safety deposit box. He's got one key. And I got the other key. I don't have to leverage him to get an answer. I have to align myself to his will. And when I align myself to his will, I will receive what he has already promised me I can have. Hallelujah. You know what? I've changed my prayer life since I studied this. And when you do, Jesus touched eyes and they come to pass. Jesus unplugged ears and it came to pass. Jesus said, Lazarus, arise. And he rose. He didn't have any second thoughts. He didn't have any mistakes. When he stepped out on the water, he walked on the water. <laughs> Thy word, O oh God, is what? Forever settled in heaven. It's already written. It's already written. Jesus myself to your will. Maybe you're happy with your prayer life. But I've changed my philosophy. I don't know you, brother, have any problem with this or not. But after being there 15 years, where I am pastoring, it's my wife's home church, so I've known it for 30. I could cut a man's head off and let him die in a pool of his own blood. And I can take that book and do it, brother. But I don't want to step out of his will. Here three or four weeks ago on a Sunday morning, I was getting ready to go to the pulpit and I knew the message that I preached wasn't parallel with the spirit that I felt down in here. And I said, my spirit's wrong. You open yourself up to an anointing and you open yourself up to spirits and then the flesh can easily inject what it wants to put in there and we can claim it as anointing when it's really not anointing. And I've done it. I'm glad that my people know that I'm not God, but I'm a man of God. <laughs> so they can forgive me if I make a mistake. If they think I'm God, they're really going to think I'm something. Well, they got off the boat. After it was shipwrecked. Boy, they were thinking Paul and them was a great guys. Had them up there something great. And then all of a sudden, he warmed himself with a fire. And the snake reached out and bit him and said, Aha, he's a murderer. Switched opinions real quick. Yeah. Yeah. It was a God, then a murderer. Yeah. He shook it off and didn't swell up. And he said, Wow, he's a God again. Yeah. Yeah. So public opinion can switch and vacillate pretty quick. So I want them to know that if the Holy Ghost is there and anointing me, they better pay attention to what i got to say. But I am a human failing individual trying to elbow my way through through life. And I have to apologize and keep my spirit right as anybody else. And I tried to say, hey, 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 I was stirred up about something. Hey, I'm ready to handle this situation. And I said, God, I'm giving you one more chance to help me. I went downstairs into that prayer room. The men was lying in that long prayer room there. And I heard this one guy, he pulled himself by past the saying prayers. And he and when he did, there was some more gain momentum with him. And he passed by just the, the inner court. 
And then he pushed by the veil and he stepped inside. And when he did, I reached up and I said, God, I submit my spirit to you today. And he erased the minus and put in a plus. And we walked out of there with a victory. I'm here to tell you, we can't run it on our own ingenuity. We've got to get beyond the veil. John, the 17th chapter. Can you give me that 11th verse, brother? Here's Jesus. And now I am no more in the world. Jesus, he started this and he said, I'll tell you what. He said, uh, this is Jesus instead of him praying for himself going to be crucified, brother. It was a constant prayer for somebody else. He knew what he was going to face. Mm -hmm. And he got bypassed the, just the, the, the casual and he got into the supernatural. He got into the third dimension. And he said, glorify me with the glory I once had. Mm -hmm. He said, not only that, I wish we could be one. My brother Paget, if there's any heartbeat of mine today is that I can be one with him. Amen. <laughs> I'm, uh... Hannah went in there screaming and crying. And she cried and the Bible said she emptied her soul. She went in there. She was provoked daily by an agitator in her house. And it drove her nearer and nearer to her God. And she put her face against an old cold pillar. And, and the Bible said she poured her soul out before the Lord. I guess maybe till this point, Brother Paget, she had never come to this conclusion. But when she came to this place, you see, Hannah wanted a son. But God wanted a prophet. And he was not going to answer her prayer just because she wanted a son. But I've got to have somebody that can get in my will. And when she said, I'll tell you what I'll do, God. i tell you what I'll do if you'll give him to me. I'm going to tell you that meant something to say that. When a mother wants that second child leaves her, that, that means something when you can say, I'll tell you what, when he gets of age, I'll bring him back to a preacher that can't save even his own kids and give him back to him just because you need a prophet. I've got to get into that place where I can see what the Father's got to say. Come on, come on. Get into that place where I can see what Daddy's wants done. Hallelujah. Hear it. So Jesus said, <coughs> I have. Before you get to this, I think he said, I have finished mm -hmm. the work that thou hast given me to do. Oh. Calvary. The picture had not yet happened. And yet he said, He finished. Finished. I'm done. And then he comes on, he says, What did he say, Brother Pat? I am no more in the world, but no, these are in the world. I am no more in the world, mm. but these mm. are in the world. Was he still in the world? Yeah. Yes, he was still in the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, he hadn't finished the work. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. What happened to Jesus in his prayer? I pray for them the way we won. I have finished the work. He transcended, you listen to me, time. Now when you talk to God, the beautiful part of it is, He knows the author. And He also knows the finisher. He is both of your faith. And he knows all the rough spots in between. Right. And when he talked to Peter, he talked to him. He just didn't say, Peter, I know your track record. Bang. 
And right now you're in the present, but the future I don't know anything about. But he said, Peter, when you're converted, I am a God of the past. I am a God of the present. And I am the God of the future. I know nothing about this thing called time, only that I created it for human beings. But when you step into... I, I've told our folks we're into the spirit of eternity. You ever, you've been there in church? I've been there when we was waiting for it to get over with. And then I've been there when I didn't want it to get over with. And time just went on. And you looked at your watch and you said, I've been here for two hours. And I don't know where the time, but there's a spirit of eternity that envelops the church as a real deep move of God comes. And you don't care whether there's pizza. You don't care whether there's lunch or what there is. You said, hey, I like what I'm feeling here. Because I have transcended time. So he went to a place, he literally went somewhere else, where he was, listen to me carefully, beyond the now. So many times, we've stayed around the first dimension of praying. Where it's, give me God, and I don't understand God, and why can't you this God? And what are you going to do here, God? And it's present petty problems and misunderstandings. And so we stay around here. And the first, and then, but this, he learned to go on to the next. The church is playing games in the first dimension. There were times for us to labor. There were times for us to fight and struggle and intercede. If you believe in just the now, you will not survive in this world serving God. Wow, no. Praying folks that get in the spirit, do not backslide. If all we battle with is the carnal and the everyday thought and the natural and we're hanging around the superficial part but Jesus stepped beyond Calvary. Jesus stepped beyond the resurrection and he said, I'll tell you what, the work's already over with. I have got into a place where I see more than just the now. I've already moved out of the now and the aggravations of the now. I know my blood's going to be spilt on a Judean hillside somewhere. The kingdom of God must be done. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Where? On earth as it's already accomplished in heaven. That's why when he talked, he said, you have not because you ask not. And then not only that, you ask amiss. In other words, you missed it. You're asking for things that's not going to be given to you. Or that he doesn't have planned in the budget. Or he doesn't think is good for you. There's the heavenly witness and then there's the earthly witness. tell you something and I gotta shoot and shut this thing down but too many times because of our zest for revival I believe that as soon as we align ourselves to his will 
if we can get our mind off of things. Now, brother, if you want a popular thing today, you start promoting the miraculous. And you will have a popular ministry. If you can say you've got so many healings or so many miraculous things. And I looked at this young man and I said, from my observation, the prophets of bygone days walked in and said, hey, thou art the man and there's sin here in your life and something here needs to be adjusted. And as soon as it did, there was revival that followed as men began to align themselves to the will of God. He said, oh, that would never happen today. I said, so we add new ones to the filth that we already have and don't make any changes. Daniel 9, 1, brother. And I am just going to touch this and then I'm going to... I've been too long already. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Is that nine? Nine. One? Yes, go ahead. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood... I, Daniel, understood... By what? By books. Let me just use my interpretation. He just was kicking by one day and come by a diary of somebody that got into a realm where they could find something from God. Now, I'm not going to take long, but you can understand that here's a boy, drug Brother Pixler, into captivity. Some of them were raped. The old folks were left behind in the city where the things was in ruin. And they'd come into this country and they'd hung their harps on the willow tree. And as far as they are concerned, it's over with. Tutphany. Maybe never to be regrouped again. And Daniel was kicking by an attic one day and come on to a book. And he opened it up and it was a diary of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah said, My people I see are going to go down. He got into that next place. He said, they're going to be captive, but he said, it's not forever. Now, if you're in here today and you think that the captivity you're in and the problems you're in is forever, it's not forever. He said, 70 years. And we're coming back. And Daniel didn't run out and say, excuse me. Man, we heard a prophet get all wound up in the prophecy. He said, you know what we got to do? Read the 15th verse. Yes, 9.15. And now, O Lord our God, o Lord our God, that has brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt, yes, with a mighty hand, yes, and has gotten thee renowned, yes, as at this day, this day, we have sinned, we have sinned, we have done wickedly, we have done wickedly, O Lord, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, yes, I beseech thee, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury, yes, be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, yes, sir, thy holy mountain. Because of our sins. Because of, let's say, our sins. And, yes. And for the iniquity of our fathers. For the iniquity of our fathers. Jerusalem and thy people. Yes. Are become a reproach to all them that are about us. Yes. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications. And cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. Now I'm telling you what he did. He said, I'm telling you. God spoke to a man and got him in the third dimension where he could get into the supernatural and said 70 years it's coming back and God cannot flow through flakiness and God cannot flow through sin and God can't bring us revival without aligning ourselves to the will of God and church whatever we going to do don't get all excited about leaving here let's get excited about getting all lined up for the time when this thing is going to happen and what we apostolics are trying to do we're not trying to push our standards on people we're not trying to make it difficult for you but if we can pull you away from the flesh and align you to the supernatural so that when he wants to pour it out there's not a kink in the pipe but the Holy Ghost can flow 
directly down through every one of us and give us what He wants us to have in this last 2,000, year 2,000. He would like to clean this mess up and give us a revival. Hallelujah. He wants to give us revival. But He's not going to give it to, to us through competition, rebellion, productive religion, jealousy, laziness. I don't want to have an Ishmael in my zest for revival. It'll trouble us all the rest of our days. I want Him to align me into a position where I can receive. You say, why? Why do we pray? Then, and why do we travail? Why do we do these things? A lady in travail does not travail to become with child. She travails because she's already with child. I'm telling you, church, it's an hour for us to push and cry out. When the time comes for God to give us what He wants us to have, we better be ready to travail and push and have revival in this 19, no, this 2,000 year. If Jesus tarries, I believe He still can give us an apostolic revival. Praise Yes. Yes.